Merriam-Webster defines perseverance as the quality that allows someone to continue trying to do something, even though it is difficult. Synonyms and similar words for perseverance are tenacity, resolve, confidence. The definition of perseverance and its synonyms describes my next guest on the podcast. David D'Angelo, who has held many positions in government and private industry, despite being legally blind from an early age. Welcome to season three of Pivot Point. Success is a journey. Welcome to Pivot Point. Success is a journey. Pivot Point is a podcast of Taylor for Success, a nonprofit organization that seeks to empower job seekers to achieve economic self-sufficiency. My name is Liz Hart, and I'm the founder and executive director of Taylor for Success. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, thank you. Make sure to like this podcast and hit subscribe so you don't miss a new episode. If you've been listening for a while, thank you for coming back and welcome again to Pivot Point Success is a Journey. Well, welcome or welcome back to Pivot Point Success is a Journey. My name is Liz Hart. I'm the founder and executive director of Taylor for Success, and I am very happy to have with me today um, a guest who embodies our tagline of Success is a Journey. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with David D'Angelo, who is the managing partner of Archangelo Communications. David, welcome to the show. Hi, Liz. It's great to be with you. Great, great. Thanks for being here. Um, David is a disability expert. And so, David, if we could just start by you just giving a brief um, bio of who you are and um, sort of how you got to be here um, running Archangelo Communications. Yeah, sure. Thanks. It's great to be with you. So my journey started long ago uh, as a student right out of Suffolk University, starting to work in government. I first worked uh, in the governor's office for Paul Salucci and then in the state Senate for our local state senator here in this area, Richard Tissay, and then in agencies. And then I left left government for a while and uh, went into the private sector, ran a bus company or helped run a bus company and did marketing communications and uh, at that time, got involved and was involved with Tailored for Success and many other great organizations. But public service called me back. So I went back into that and ran for office in Malden and won as counselor at large and, and did that for six years. Uh, but then in 2014, I ran as the Republican candidate for secretary of state here in Massachusetts. And even though I didn't win, I was the first person with a disability to reach a statewide ballot or a disclosed, identified disability mm. to reach a statewide ballot. And so admit, I think we made some progress there and that was a good thing, uh, but I didn't win. But Governor Baker or Governor-elect Baker asked me to join his administration, which I did. I was the director of the state's office on disability for about three and a half years. And then uh, I changed roles and they asked me to be the commissioner of the Massachusetts Commission for the Blind, which I did that for uh, just about five years. And along the way, I got appointed by President Trump to be on the National Council on Disability. So I did that during COVID. I did that for just short of two years, I think. 
And uh, that's a, that was a great honor as well. So I've been in public service a, a good part of my life. And I continue that now being on the board of directors for the National Industries for the Blind. NIB is the largest employer of blind people in the nation. And uh, it's one of the uh, Ability One programs that, you know, has jobs with the federal government. So, and now I'm reopening or have reopened Archangel Communications. I had it open previously from about 08 to 2013, but it was more of a hobby. I ran it out of my house and, you know, ran it through my taxes. Now I have, I've purchased an office condominium and formed corporation and uh, am full force here. I got, I recently got certified as a disability owned business enterprise by disability in. So that's part of my journey and uh, very pleased to be talking with you. And I, I'm so appreciative of the mission you have and how you continue to make good on uh, Tailored for Success's mission over the years. Great. Well, thank you, David. That That's an amazing um, CV. Um, it's, it's much more than a bio. And um, I would imagine throughout the different positions that you've held, um, you've come up with some strategies for maybe not even just getting the positions, but um, getting yourself acclimated to the different positions. Um, do you have any advice on for people who are making transitions? Because, I mean, clearly a lot of people are in transition now, um, coming out of COVID and um, working in a new um, workforce where things are virtual and yes. hybrid and remote. And, you know, what strategies do you use um, to sort of get yourself set up in your new position? I think you got to try to think of the end at the beginning. So you got to try to figure out where do I want to end up? What do I want to do? What's my goal? What, you know, what do I want to accomplish? So it starts with rudimentary things like goal setting. And just mm. because they're rudimentary doesn't mean they're not important. Matter of fact, I would yeah. think, th I think those are actually the most important building blocks. Yeah. Having that foundation is essential. So I would say that first planning and goal setting and all that. And then once you do that, then it's all offshoots of it. Because oftentimes you're not gonna you're not gonna end up in the exact thing, but if you keep persisting and keep, uh, you know, I have a saying: the path to prosperity is paved by perseverance. Mm -hmm. If you keep persevering along the challenges that come, you will end up pretty close to your target. Maybe not exactly, but pretty close to that. And so, again, I, I would say. Start at the end and reverse engineer it. That's probably the best piece of advice that yeah. I can give. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. And um, I think that a lot of people, they they set their goals on a position, but they don't think, and they think about how to get to that position, but they don't think about, okay, when I'm in that position, what do I want to accomplish? How do I want to be remembered? you know, what do I want to do while I'm in this position, right? Maybe to set me up for something else. And perseverance goes a long way. And I think people get discouraged when they don't see their goals happening. Um, and I would assume, you know, over your career, there has been disappointments, you know, how do you keep yourself going? Because you're, you're 
I mean, one of the uh, most positive people that I know. And, um, but still that's, it's difficult to stay positive when things are not going as you, as planned. Absolutely. It can be very challenging. And what I would say is many things are easy to say and much more difficult to do. And so on the outside, it may seem like one thing, but once you go inside and you start wading through, oftentimes the experiences are very different. So yeah. I think you, I think it starts with things like identifying what type of personality you are and what mm -hmm. is going to gratify and satisfy you. And, you know, you want to be able to go and earn a living in a place and in an occupation that brings you some level of satisfaction, some level of joy. If mm -hmm. it's drudgery to you, then don't do it. I don't care. It's not worth the amount of money. So there's got to be some type of, here's what I enjoy. Here's what I go I'm good at. And meshing that together to figure out the right mm -hmm. fit of, okay, I maybe not love this, the, the total, but I actually could do this. I like it. Yep. And I'm pretty competent at it because, you know, the example I used to use when Tom Brady was playing was, I want to be the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots. Yeah. It's not going to happen because I'm not 6'4". <laughs> I can't throw the ball 70 yards down the field, right? right. And so uh, you got to figure out what you're good at and mm -hmm. what you enjoy and then where those intersect. That I think is the is the secret sauce to identifying how to be able to be gratified and still earn a living, uh, because yeah. it is challenging and so many jobs are changing these days that I think it's important to figure out what personality type you are and line that up with a with a job that's going to be the right fit. You know, some people want to leave. And that's great, but you mm -hmm. then got to be prepared to go along with what comes with leadership. Mm -hmm. And that is when things are great, people are praising you. But when things are bad, people are downing on you. And so the reality is when things are great, you didn't do all that. Like the people around you did just as much of that, but you get you get like outsized credit oftentimes. And the same is true when things go wrong. It's like, you know, you've you get the blame, even though you may not have been directly responsible for all that stuff. So that's for leadership and for management and people like that. Not everybody is going to be cut out to do that. And that's okay. I'm just yeah. saying, identify what it is. If you want to be a rank and file employee, that's great. If that mm. works for you and your, your personality type. So I think it's finding that fit and finding, uh, what your interest level is and talent level is and, and finding that intersection. Yeah, definitely. I, I often tell um, the job seekers that I work with that you, you almost have to take a step back, right? So when you're in transition, maybe you've been downsized or company's been sold, whatever the, the, the reason is that you're in transition. I think that people rush out and they try to find something right away and they don't take that time to say, okay, I'm in transition now. Let me just think about the things that I liked about a certain position, things I didn't like. What type of person am I? Have um, have I changed over the years? And I think 
also, you know, you're right about the management. Every, you know, people think, oh, being a manager is great, right? You get to call the shots. But you also get the um, you get all the burden when things don't go right. And you have to make the decisions that, you know, when you're rank and file, you're relying on someone else making those decisions. Right. Now you have got to come up with that. So it's um, it's not a bit of roses that people think all the time and taking that time to find out who you are. Um, and there's all kinds of assessments out there now that people can take. And, you know, I, I know it sounds a little um, behind the times to take those things, but they really- No, I don't think it is at all. I think it's, I think it's actually up with the times to be able to yeah. do that. I mean, people may perceive that, but you gotta be able to figure out, honestly, here's what I'm good at. Because oftentimes- People think they're good at something and yeah. they may not necessarily be great at it. And the opposite is true. Sometimes you discount things like, ah, I don't really. And it's like, actually, that thing you did was great. And it's so, you know, there's a great song by Wilson Pickett. Don't let that green grass fool you. Everybody wants to look and think like, oh, look how great it is over there. And then when you get over there, you realize, wait a minute, there's actually <laughs> brown grass here and the grass isn't right. like it looked from way over there. So yeah, I think that's, I think you're right on Liz. Yeah, yeah, you definitely have to take those assessments and a lot of them are free. So it's like, why Tons not take, take advantage of Absolutely. You know, the free things? So let's just um, switch gears a little bit. I'd love to talk about um, and maybe give some advice to people who are thinking of starting their own business. And so when you decided even before to start um, Archangel Communications, what led you to that? What skills did you did you use? Yeah, it's really filling a void for what I viewed as customers, right? So when I started it way back when in 2008, I started it out of necessity for my customers because mm. what was happening was so many people were asked at the time I, I did public relations, marketing communications, and I was laying out like brochures and mailers and like all the natural extension of, of skills that I had developed over the years working in this governor's office and the state set in the governor's office. I wrote about 10,000 letters, you know, mm -hmm. so you can imagine there was a lot of mail mergers in there and a lot of that. Mm -hmm. So just even just putting those types of skills to use for people who were like, hey, do you know how to do this? And then really, at first, it was like a, almost a volunteer type of thing. When my wife came to me and she was like, you know, you really kind of got to start charging here. It's taking you time. <laughs> it's taking you're, you're taking money out of your pocket. So I was like, you're right. And that's how it kind of started. And so now pivoting back to it, really going to the next level, I view it as what expertise do I have mm -hmm. that I can bring to bear for a customer that they don't have? And mm -hmm. so that's what I'm trying to offer right now, particularly in the disability employment space, having extensive experience on the local, state, and federal level with major public policies and setting up employment programs and inclusion efforts for organizations, whether they be businesses or governments or nonprofits, whatever the case may yeah. be. So that's what I'm trying to bring to bear now. I'm trying to provide services that otherwise they may not be able to, to get at. Yeah, and I think that's a really great point because um, I think when people, sometimes when they start businesses, they think, well, everybody's going to want this service, right? 
but it's not necessarily true. You need to do your market research first. You know, is, 100%. is there a void there? Will people pay for this? You know, and and I think um, there's lots of um, service businesses um, out there that people can start that, um, like, for instance, um, my social media. I know how important it is, and I know that it needs to be done, but I am not the person to do it. So I outsource it, right? And I think that um, people need to think about that. You know, what can be outsourced and what yes. are you good at? And so you brought together all the skills that you you already had to start this. So you don't just start something because, well, I'm going to start painting and be a famous artist just because I want to. Do you right. have the aptitude? Can you do it? Is there a market for it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the more pragmatic approach is providing a solution to a problem that a company has or that a potential customer has. What need do they have that you can provide a service for? What what you know, what problem can you solve for them? That's that's the essence of why your business, quote unquote, like should air quotes like should exist. Like if you can right. provide that value proposition, then I think you got something there. Mm. Now, when you do that though, there's a million ways to make a million dollars. You can sell yeah. a million widgets at a dollar a piece, or you can sell one widget at a million dollars. And so you got to figure out where in there, where is the sweet spot of, you know, to be able to replicate that time and time again. And quite frankly, I'm still trying to figure that out because the services that I provide are so very specific. I'm yeah. really going after like a business to business model and being able to get into the C-suite with the dialogues that I need to have, that doesn't just fall off the back. You know, it's not like people just walk into your shop and or, give me 10 of those. You know what I yeah. mean? So, uh, yeah, I think, it, I think it's different strokes for different folks. And again, just to me, it's like reverse engineering it. Where do you want to be? And then trying to go from there on mm -hmm. putting the things and putting the ingredients in place to be able to have uh, success. Yeah. And one of the things that um, I think is important is that you apply to be a disability owned business enterprise. And I think that is a, um, it, first of all, it speaks to who you are um, and what your expertise is, but also um, do you feel like that gives you an edge in the marketplace? Well, that's the goal is to provide a little bit of a marketing advantage to be able yeah. to say, Hey, to companies that are very interested with inclusion efforts to include mm. people with disabilities, you know, uh, two thirds of all working age people with disabilities are not in the labor force. You know, that yeah. keeps me up at night. That to me is like mm. a national tragedy. Like, what are we doing there? So that fires me up. That's really like the core of my mission is to now work with these organizations to help them build efforts so that they can bring that talent into their, into their organization. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think the disability owned business enterprise tag helps because I think it validates like there's an extensive process that you yeah. need to go through to validate uh, that you are indeed a disability owned business enterprise and you have the capabilities and stuff. So, you know, I'm thankful to disability in and I'm pleased to get the designation. But really, the, oh, what does that do? It gives you like a little bit of a marketing advantage right. just because yeah. of that it's not like companies are going to be like, oh, well, now you're disability owned. Here you go. Here's <laughs> all of our business. You still need to earn their trust and uh, prove yourself to them to, to get results. So that's what I'm in process <laughs> of doing now. If anybody knows, 
<laughs> Send them my way, archangelcommunications.com. Yeah, definitely. And we'll definitely put links in the show notes to, to your, your website you. and um, in all of your uh, information so people can contact you. And so um, for the last sort of switch of um, topic, um, what advice would you give job seekers um, with or without disabilities um, as they try to transition back into the workforce? Yeah, I would think it depends upon how long you've been out of the workforce. Mm. You know, gaps in the resume people people look at sometimes and say, well, you know, I think it's appropriate to say, well, why why weren't you working here or something like that? You're going to get those questions, right? Right. And so having good answers to that, because maybe it maybe it, there's a whole variety of reasons. You know, I was caretaking for someone or I was sick myself or, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh I think it's appropriate to have an answer there so that you can let the employer or the potential employer know that you weren't just, you know, twiddling your thumbs type of thing, that you were actually busy. You may not have been getting compensated for it, but yeah. you were busy working on other things, mm -hmm. whether they be life things, whether they be, you know, all kinds of different reasons. So I think that's important. The other thing too is, uh, Try not to have the archetypal metaphor fixed in your head like, oh, I've got it's got to be this because right. this now is changing and it's changing yes. rapidly, rapidly with technology, with demographic shifts, with the, you know, just the nature of how we've come out of the pandemic and how many roles have changed and things like that. So the workforce itself has changed and continues to change at rapid paces. More than more than it has in the previous, yeah, decades. Like we change. I want to say we changed more in the past five years than we changed more in the previous like twenty years combined. Right, right. Seriously, like yeah, you know, tech between technology, between the way we learn to work remotely, and uh, you know, just paradigms have shifted. They have, and I think that that creates an opportunity for people with disabilities to get back into the workforce. It totally say? does. For everybody, yeah. for people with and without disabilities. Right, right. right. Reskilling, yeah. upskilling, you know, uh, it may not be a ground floor opportunity, but it's a first floor opportunity. And that skyscraper is going to go for 100 floors. So to get in now is really like the best time. I think that's the approach you got to take. Mm -hmm. And what um, would you say to employers who are hesitant about hiring people with disabilities? Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean there's a reason why two thirds of all working age people with disabilities are not in the labor force, right? right. So, I, I think it's on both sides. It's on the employee side or the prospective employee side, yeah. and it's on the employer side. Uh, you know, now we know through data that most reasonable accommodations are, you know, they're not really much of an expense to an organization. Right. right. You know, under a hundred bucks, under a couple hundred bucks for like ninety percent of the accommodation. Mm. So. The number one reason for workplace discrimination for people with disabilities is failure to accommodate. So it's really working with the employer to let them know that, hey, you have obligations to accommodate your employees mm. with disabilities, but not only obligations, forget about the obligations, like that's the floor. Like we don't want to discriminate. What about the ceiling? What about unlocking the productivity by mm. getting people the tools that they need to be successful? So right. uh, for employers, I would say, if you have good workers now, chances are they're going to age into disability at some point in time. And you want to keep those workers. One, 
for a business case because it's going to cost you much more to, to get new people into your organization and all that. But two, because I really believe that the lived experience of people with disabilities can be a benefit to an organization. The upside of people with disabilities is they're oftentimes natural problem solvers. We have data that indicates there's less tardyism, less absenteeism, higher rates of productivity when you, mm -hmm. when you provide the accommodation. So sometimes people with disabilities are going to be your best employees. So right. it's really exploring that and figuring out uh, how to do it because there is a line there of you don't obviously don't want to discriminate, but somebody's got to be able to do the essential job duties. So right. until the employer and their HR department understands that well, you know, then there might be some trepidation there. So that's one of the things I, I'm hoping to be able to do for employers yeah. uh, and get people with disabilities in the workforce. Yeah, that's great. And and I love the the um the two sides of the coin that you talked about. You know, you have to have the basic ability to do the job. I mean, you don't not the essential have, job you know, duties. That's it, you know, and then you know, accommodate what they need and the fact that people will age into disability. I mean, I think that I, I think that's a, a fantastic point. And, um, you know, I'm hoping that this conversation will will move more people with disabilities into the workforce and open employers eyes and, and also give motivation for people with disabilities that I mean, look at all the positions that you've held. And, you know, certainly your disability has not been um, something to hold you back. And, um, I think you're a motivation to many, many people. And I, I thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Well, thank you, Liz. That's very kind. I appreciate you and what you're doing, your mission. It's great. I mean, again, I would leave you with the path to prosperity is paved by perseverance. You got to hang in there. If it was easy, everybody would do it. Everybody would be doing it. There's no get rich quick no. schemes. You know what I mean? Like you got to put the time in. And if you do, the universe figures out a way to reward you. So yeah. uh, just put the time in and you'll get there. Anybody, please reach out to me if I can be of assistance. People with and without disabilities. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And I think closing on the path to prosperity is paved by perseverance is perfect. Thank you so much, David. And um, we will talk soon. All right, Liz. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Pivot Point, a podcast of Tailored for Success. Tailored for Success is a nonprofit organization that empowers job seekers to become economically self-sufficient by providing resources, skills training, and supportive reinforcement. Since 2000, we have been empowering job seekers to secure employment and advance within their careers. To learn more, I encourage you to visit our website at www.tailoredforsuccess.org where you can sign up for our newsletter, receive services, or volunteer to support our mission. You can also get daily updates by joining our Facebook or LinkedIn group and by following us on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you for listening to Pivot Point.